Hello all and welcome back to the No Run Podcast. I'm Conor O'Hickey and today I'm joined by two fellow cricket enthusiasts, Matthew Bowden and Marcus Lang. Uh, how are we doing, fellas? Yeah, good, thanks, mate, you? Yeah, yeah not too bad, bad, mate, not too bad. Eager, eager for the podcast. <laughs> how are you, Marcus, you all right, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Well, well, we'll see shortly, won't we? We'll see shortly, yeah. Let's, let's see how many horrific cricketing takes come up. Uh, basically today, guys, we've got a bit of a different podcast. We haven't got any set guests per se, but we've got two fellow cricket enthusiasts, as I said, that love to share their opinion on the current state of the England Test team and one-day team and English cricket in general, because after the Ashes, we got a bit battered. Um, so, yeah, we'll start it off as Rob Keyes, the new managing director of English cricket. What do you guys think of that? Go on, Marcus, you can start. Thank you. Uh, I, did, I didn't mind it. Um... I didn't think it was anything special. It didn't particularly make me think this is going to be a massive difference. Um, I really liked Andrew Strauss. I thought he could have been perfect for the role. Um, I mean, I see why he's not taken it. Um, but so far, what Rob Key said has, has kind of brought me back on his side a little bit. So I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and, well see how it goes against New Zealand because I think that's a good good first test really isn't it yeah obviously it was um after the state it was in it was it was a drastic change was needed um big calls were made obviously Andrew Strauss came in on a temporary basis um and made the big calls of dropping Jimmy and Stuart but um that seems to be backpedaled now but um yeah it was radical changes were needed what do you, what do you think about that yeah I mean I think I think it, I think it's a decent like signing as such or whatever you call it. Um, I think I've I've listened to a few podcasts which he's done with on um, when he was doing the Sky uh, podcast, and I think it's, it's clear and what especially what all the other pundits say is well, it's clear that he's obviously very knowledgeable about cricket and very passionate about it. So that's obviously a tick to start with. Um, and then a few of the things which he said it do, does seem a bit ex- extreme, like some of the things, especially what he said about the county championship, because I know he said that he was going to. Um, restructure that and stuff but well, he did say obviously before he took on this role um, but I think realistically I think he's very very passionate about English cricket and realistically um, he just wants to see it thrive so if he can do that or at least try to do that I think it will put us in good stead Yeah so obviously he's didn't play much international test cricket but he's he's got a double century and um, he's been part of the Sky Coventry team for a little while now uh, but he was a he was a big uh, he was a long term captain at Kent and he's had a big role in shaping up their setup they've got there and as you said yeah he's obviously said some good things but he's he's obviously an English cricket fan first um, so that's when he's going to come in and make radical changes and try and get us back to the, the top because it's been obviously over the last couple of years it's been a, a massive focus on white ball cricket and our our Test team's just been a bit embarrassed I think there's one win in 17 Test matches we've had. In our last 17 test matches, we won one of them, which is, is pretty shocking. Um, but then, yeah, there goes on to his his, his first uh, job, first role he had to take. It was uh, naming the new captain after Joe Root stepping down. Um, ben Stokes was the obvious choice. What are your thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, as you said, it was the obvious choice. Um, one kind of thing I, I wanted to... I know it, sound, it was sound a bit bad, but I would... I was very interested to, to see if Ben Stokes... Because there was a bit of talk about him being injured. So I was going to be very interested if, if he was going to be injured for this up and coming, um, these series against New Zealand. I would have, I think it would have been crazy to see what name they would have picked out of the hat for that. But obviously, oh. look, luckily that he's um he's fit. He's obviously the 
probably one of the only people who could have done it. And yeah, I think I think it I think it'll be a good fit, hopefully. Um, it does say a lot that oh sorry, Matt. Um but no mate. <laughs> I think there's only two players who you can think of who are consistently in the team enough to be named captain. One's just stepped down as captain and the other's just been appointed as captain. So uh, call it the obvious choice, but um, I think he probably would have preferred to have more players to choose from. But it says a lot about the state of English cricket at the moment that they, those are pretty much the only two guys who are really up to the challenge. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it, it, with, with if Ben Stokes was all uh, sound and okay with taking on responsibility, it was obviously it was going to be him. But he had a he had a. Um, a bit of a breakout uh, of cricket six months or so that he, he took a took a sabbatical didn't know whether he was coming back um and it, it, took, it took him time time for himself to work to focus on his mental health and get his head right and then um he, he come back didn't have the greatest greatest of ashes but he's he's back in the fold back playing county championship for durham he scored that ridiculous 150 the other week absolutely smacking everybody about um, so he seems like he's, he's he's relishing the role and he's he's taking on board the leadership uh, aspect of it. I personally think he's going to go strength to strength. Like he's always been one of those characters that he likes proper having his, his say in a game, whether, whether it be in the field, whether it be batting, bowling. He's someone that you can definitely rely on in, in the big moments. And especially when it's this massive transition period, I think he'd be the great person to, um, to, to take the reins on that front. But then... Um, Another big call that he made was Bender, sorry, Rob Key made was splitting the coaches. Um, it's not been done for a while. Um, people have already always thought it's kind of been better to have one coach, but now yeah, the white ball team and the test team are two completely different sides now. What are you thinking on that, boys? I think it was the right call. Um, I think with the amount amount of cricket, especially in England, I don't think realistically you can put that much pressure on one person. I think, especially over the last. Well, nearly two or three years with COVID and all that and all the bubbles that there's so much pressure put on the players and the coaching already. So to be able to split that role, I think is only going to hopefully benefit um, the quality of coach which the players will receive and just the overall quality of the cricket. Um, I think the only worry with having split coaches is when there's two tours coming up, who's going to have says over what players, this, that and the other. But hopefully with, I know... Um, Rob Keem uh, has talked about bringing back in the, the selection committee. So I think that'll be massive on it as well. So, yeah, I think hopefully, I think it will definitely work better than having having one coach. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, my hope, I know you mentioned Rob Key talking about the county, county structure earlier. Um, but, I mean, we've seen it a little bit again, you could argue, with the selections that I'm sure we'll touch on later, that there are people who perform in the county championship and still just don't get a look in for the test side. Um, I, I'm hopeful that by splitting the coaches, it will mean that there's a focus on red ball cricket and white ball cricket. So to get into each side, you have to perform in red ball cricket and in white ball cricket, because I think there's a little bit too much kind of, of an assumption that because someone's a gun batsman in one format, they'll be able to transfer that across. And yes, there are definitely some players who can do that, but it's not always a given. Uh, it's it's a very different game. So um, 
I, I'm hoping that 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 will transfer across. Yeah, that's that has been a, a big part, obviously, with the, the keeper for the England team for a while. Obviously, you've had Butler, and he's done all right, but he's not set the world on fire like he did in the white ball team. But then you've had waiting in the wings for however long. Ben Ben Folks, he had that look in in Sri Lanka a couple of years ago before COVID, score a hundred in his first game. He was on it. He looked like he was nailing down his role. But then it was kind of like I mean, you got. It's hard to say like favourites because obviously Josh Butler is one of England's greatest ever cricketers. But um, it was almost as if you're just a name stay in the England team, and you weren't really. Good. They weren't. It was wasn't like clear pathway through people performing in the county setup. And then progressing through to the England team, which I think is something that definitely needs to be looked at. Um, and so, yeah, just because you are a gun white ball player, as you say, doesn't mean it's a completely different game. It's it's, it's chalk and cheese, really. <laughs> Sorry to be cliche with that saying, but you know what I mean. It's it's, it's two different sports these days, basically. Like uh, temperaments, game plans, um, all that sort of stuff. It just is. So yeah, <laughs> but. Have you guys seen the new test uh, squad? Have you seen the squad? Yeah, yeah, yes. yes. So obviously we've got two two uncapped uh, players in the squad with um, Matthew Potts and uh, Henry Brooks, who's had an unreal start to the season. You guys managed to catch any of it or not? Yeah, uh, I've seen this highlight, um, but I, I've been following schools, but haven't managed to to watch too much of it other than than highlights, really. Yeah, it was it was what kind of really stood out to me, uh, just like passively watched a bit so far. Is obviously the it's been very uncharacteristic for a start of early season in England. There's been absolute roads all over the ground. You see lots of people scoring lots of runs. Like the T Twenty competitions not even started, and there's already talks about people hitting up a thousand runs already. Like Henry Brooks, just um, got like eight hundred or so runs, an average of one hundred and fifty uh, in like the six games he's played, which is pretty ridiculous. So obviously he's got the call up, but then in the, like in the top five uh, run scorers, there's only uh, Harry Brook that's available to play for England because you've got the, the Pakistani overseas praise and uh, Mahood, and then in the same with the wickets. It's 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 been clear to see that there's a lot of people performing that are overseas pros, not necessarily the young talent coming through. So it does it again go just again goes to show that there's a, a massive gap of what the system is and try and get people through. What do you guys think would be needed to, to kind of change it? You got any ideas? Obviously, Kevin Pearson chats about franchising the county championship every other day, which is a bit silly, but something definitely needs to happen. What are you guys thinking? Probably quality over quantity of the cricket. So I know there's there's a lot of talk, and I think um about three divisions split up or smaller, is it something like, so would it be seven teams or something like that in each division? Um, so shortening down the the year, because there, there is, there's too much cricket for all to play. If they're playing in, if they're playing the Reds, the Red Bull, then they're trying to play the one day stuff, T20 Bass, and then the 100. It's just a lot of cricket. So I don't think with that much cricket, you're going to get the best out of players. Um, so I think shortening the format of the Red Bull Increasing the quality would definitely be a better way to do it, I think. It's definitely been too saturated. Definitely been too saturated with other players coming in. So I think that comes from probably the the financial side of things. Because, I mean, if, if you do end up having a 150 test career, that would do you pretty well financially and set your career up fine. But if you're going to be 
a very good county player who has 10 or 20 tests for England, you're not going to make any money really, are you? So if you were a young player at the moment, why on earth would you dedicate yourself to playing four-day cricket for for a county team when you could go to three different tournaments around the world playing white ball cricket? And yeah, you might not get into the international sides, but you're probably getting paid triple the amount for half the work. So uh, yeah, that's so always going to be like you've, that. You've seen like the T20 journeyman come up across like... Um, uh, Laurie Evans gives a prime example for English players. Never played international cricket, but he's played in the Caribbean, played in the Big Bash, played in the Pakistani Super League, and then comes back and plays a few T20s for Surrey. Um, so that that obviously is a major appealing uh, thing to do for the uh, the players because there's 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 a, there's a lot of money in cricket in, compared to other sports, but there's a massive gap between the top end and what the county championship is. The county championship, in my opinion, at the minute, just breeds uh, mediocrity, as as in as you can get a, a fairly decent wage playing six six months cricket a year. Uh, you, you don't even have to aspire to play for the test team. You just play for a cha- championship team. You're right. I, I definitely feel, as Matt was saying, there's way too many teams uh, all compete at once. It has to be more centralised and focused in smaller bundles. Like I think Australia have got a great first-class setup. But they only have five or six first-class teams in the entirety of Australia. But yeah, so heading back on to the uh, England coaches now, is um, there's been some, again, big calls from uh, Rob Key, uh, in the name of Brendan McCullum being the test, ball, uh, test team uh, coach. He's uh, never coached a Red Bull side in his life, but he has got uh, over 100 caps um, for New Zealand and is arguably one of their greatest captains ever. How do we go? How do we feel about that, go on, Marcus? You go first. How do we feel about that? Uh, I, I was very surprised. Uh, I think everyone was, weren't they? I mean, obviously, he's a very good cricketer, very knowledgeable cricketer, and in terms of um, captain coach lineups, it's probably one that makes the most sense with Ben Stokes. Um, obviously, there's the worry that he tries to make the Test team a bit too aggressive and. That could backfire. Uh, I don't think aggression is the problem. I don't think we need to try and be more aggressive because we've picked white ball players and told them to go out and play their games. And every now and again, it will come off. But most of the time, that just leaves us uh, 100 for four and wanting our bowlers to end up rebuilding in innings. Um, Maybe, obviously, he's said something to Rob Key that's really stood out. Um, for me, I never really associated him with New Zealand's test success because I always saw it as um, they gave the captaincy to Kane Williamson and he was the one that bred the winning team. But I suppose in a longer term look at things, actually he must have had something to do with it. And even when he wasn't playing test cricket, I'm sure he was still very much involved in New Zealand cricket. Um, So he clearly has long-term plans, um, especially being a young coach as well. So Yeah, definitely. uh, But I'll come to you in a second, Matt. But on that, what I've read was one of the big factors in it was his cultural change and how he sets team cultures up. Um, And he 
created that environment, Brendan McCullough created that environment for New Zealand uh, for them to pass over to uh, Kane Williamson. But when, if uh, if you remember back to the 2015 World Cup, when England just been embarrassed by Bangladesh, on uh, knocked out in the groups from um, the World Cup in Australia, we're on the way back, and then uh, Owen Morgan is, is was already the captain, but gets a proper go at it. He said, I remember in an interview that he modelled his sort of leadership style and dressing room dynamics of the way that Brendan McCullen held himself within the New Zealand team. Um, so I see Rob Key trying to shift that focus and try and create a new dynamic and a new um, environment for players to thrive in the test team, which could be positive. What are your thoughts on that, Matt? Well, I think I think a few things about it. I, I first of all think it's a good it's a good choice. I think first of all the reason why is I think you just get the impression from who he is that he just he's going to demand respect, and I think that's one thing which is needed in that England dressing room at the moment. Um, I think with the way that he they talked about that he revolutionised white ball cricket is um, with New Zealand. I think is good because it shows that he's got huge cricket knowledge and uh, again a huge passion for cricket. Um, so I think those two things are really good, and I think I think when we when we talk about him, like you're worried that he was too attacking, like he might be too attacking. I think just because he was an attacking player does not mean that he's going to be an attacking as a coach. Um, and I don't think realistically having, I, I, it might show in time, but I'm 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 not I was not too worried when I saw it over the fact that he hasn't been a Red Bull coach before because realistically, at one point everyone wasn't a Red Bull coach. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like everyone has to start somewhere. So. Yeah. Too much of a problem. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, realistically for that team, you had to pick a name um, to um, like get the respect and the earning of the players. I think we've shown that just giving it to the the face, which almost fits, hasn't worked. So yeah. I think it was I think it's a good choice. And I think um, as he did with New Zealand, he changed the culture there. So I think he can quite easily do that again with England. So, yeah, because yeah. I remember it was. Um... Down to Gary Kirsten and Brendan McCullen, I believe. Obviously, I'm not involved in the England coach selection committee, um, but obviously Gary Kirsten, one of the the great coaches, who's never actually coached England, has put his name forward on several occasions. Obviously, he guided South Africa to the world number one test status and winning the World Cup with India. So he had big credentials, and he's put his name forward for the test role um, right from the get go. So for Brendan McCullen, who has never coached a Red Bull team, let alone a test team, to get the get the nod over Gary Kirsten, who's got vast experience at the top of the game, coaching-wise. Um, it was a big call. Um, and obviously, with the test coming up in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be um, what one to watch, basically. But uh, yeah, also big calls coming up already with the, with the players that have been announced in the squad. Um, Rob Key's saying uh, that Ollie Pope is going to bat at three and best over at five. So England have pretty much already given away their top seven uh, for New Zealand to practice and work around and create plans for. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, well, uh, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't really that inspired. I'm not that... Crawley hasn't really scored that many runs in the county championship when everyone's been scoring runs. It hasn't been as good as the opening partner who's been batting with all season. Um, and as, we, as you previously mentioned, this is on roads as well. I mean, I know he scored 80 in the last innings in, um, in the county championship and stuff. Yeah, realistically, I think, I think off the top of my head, Crawley scored three fifties in his last three innings. So he's maybe getting there, yeah. but he's not scored 100 yet, which is... Yeah. Exactly. Fifties and, and, well, that, that obviously are something. They're nothing in Red Bull cricket when you're looking for someone to go big, especially when 
his opening partner has gone big on several occasions. Um, so for me, I wasn't in that gassed about seeing Crawley um, at the top again. Um, Lee's, as I think rightly deserves, another few goes to see where he's at. He scored some runs in the county championship, so not a problem there, realistically. Pope, obviously, is a huge pick on potential, which you can understand, but he hasn't. Ne- he's never batted at three for Surrey. Um, never batted at three, ever. Ever, exactly. So for, for, to make that call is, I think, huge and silly. Um, and then, obviously, you've got Root at four, which is is got to be done. And then... Um, We're going on, quickly going on to the, the Pope bit, though. Obviously, it's a huge call, but Pope's had plenty of goes in the test team at the minute, hasn't he? He's had, he's had three yeah. or four spells in, and he's not... He scored 100 in South Africa, but he's not hit his potential by any stretch of the means. So, Rob, I remember Rocky saying he was trying to unlock Ollie Pope. Like, do you reckon this could be it? Could he be unlocked? Could be the next Ian Bell or something like that? I mean... It'd be great if he could be the next Ian Bell, but Ian Bell never batted at three, though, did he? I don't think he's good enough to bat at three. Ian Bell ended up at three, I remember it, but he, he's not <laughs> normally a number three. Um, you can obviously understand that wanting to unlock someone's players potentially, if you look at what he's averaged in the county championship over the last three years, he's ridiculous. But there's got to be a reason why he's not producing at the top level. So um, I would have understood him being picked lower down the order and then maybe just giving someone else I, I personally thought that um someone like, I thought Milan deserved another go um in the test squad and I think he, he looks a better fit at three for me. Not saying that he's a better player than what Pope is or the potential of Pope because Pope we could be sitting here in five years times and he could have scored a bag of runs and been great there, yeah, but I'm yeah. just not that inspired by it realistically. Um yeah. but yeah that's just me. Uh Marcus what are you thinking on Pope at three then? Uh, I, I'd agree. I think, I, yeah, I'm not sure if it's a technical problem or a, a mental side of things, which he struggles in at international cricket. But I, I understand why the call's been made, because if you say not Pope, well, OK, fine, who move route down to three? That's obviously not his best position. Uh, Harry Brook, it would be his debut, starting him straight off at three. Uh, yeah, I mean... Probably have broke at three. He's banned five for Yorkshire. Uh, would be a very odd decision, uh, and no one else really jumps out to me as being being an obvious choice there. Um, I feel like just this slightly changing topic, but still talking about batsmen. Um, ben Compton. I know he's a little bit older, but he's been scoring runs for fun. Yeah, so um, he, he's that's obviously Matt was saying about was that Crawley's opening partner. Um, I feel England kind of put themselves a bit of a hole with their selection, as in opener wise, following the West Indies, where they've given Lee's a run out, but he's not really done anything. So, but you gotta you gotta keep him for a couple of games, so you can't change him out, even though there's been far better players than them in the se- so far this season. And then Crawley, oh, it's been one everybody's saying, oh, you got to give him time, you got to give him time. So they kind of put them in a position where they couldn't really change. Um, but I would like to see Ben Compton in. He's a cousin to Nick Compton, so he's former England number three as well. Um, I don't know whether he's available, though. I don't know whether he's eligible. I might be wrong here, because obviously... Um, yeah, Nick Compton's obviously got a South African... Uh, heritage. I don't know if he's if he, if he if Ben Compton's 
eligible? Why isn't he being looked at, surely? I think it's just age, because I was double-checking this before we started. He's 28, and so many of our, the selections now, I think if you're over 24, that's that's it. If you haven't made your debut by 24, you're kind of stuffed, because they want someone who can go on to have a career. Um, but yeah, I, that doesn't I think, seem to be working at the no, moment. I, so. it, it, if you, now you mention it, it does. it's kind of been on that sort of run, hasn't it? But I remember going back a couple of years ago, I was thinking, no one's getting into the team until they're 27. That's what you need. I was thinking, someone young, like Joffre Archer, came into the England team at 24, and he was like the youngest person to come in since Sam Curran. And I've, uh, so it was always based that the older you get, the more you understand your game, which I think this is something that England are kind of forgetting. Just because you're, excuse me, just because you're younger, just because you're older, sorry, doesn't mean you can't produce the same amount of runs as if you're younger, you still got. So Ben Compton could potentially, if he comes into the team now, he could have five years, maybe maybe six uh, six years, batting at uh, batting for England, which is what you need. He knows his game as as, as well as it, he, he will do. Realistically, as well. Sorry, only if you even if you only got three years out of him, exactly three successful years, and then someone else pops up and yeah. can do a role. Fantastic. That's more than hanging around with two other players who aren't as good just because of the age or the hope that one day they will become good. Mm. But if you look at other players who have been given their debut very young, it was players who were in newspapers at 16 playing county championship cricket because they were going to become the best in the world. Uh, I didn't really hear that much about any of the the young batsmen that have been selected over the past few years until they were in the team. Uh, like Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad, they were already being touted as being the next greats yeah. at 17, 18. So then when they make their debut at 20 years old, actually it's not as crazy as it sounds. Um, but I think we're just having had some players like that, that have, started young and gone on to have very successful careers we think that's that's the mold but uh i think pick who's scoring runs until you find someone who is actually the next great absolutely definitely and so we can chat about the england test team all day all day but i feel like we've got to now we talked about the test team we've got to talk about the new white ball coach which is uh matthew mock um don't know if you guys know too much about him I've read, I've read up a little bit on him. He was the Australian ladies coach, wasn't he? Yeah, so um, he, he, he came in in 2015 and he's been there since till now. Um, he's, I, I remember he's won T20 World Cup, one day World Cup, multiple Ashes series. Um, and obviously, yes, it is women's cricket, but he's still got to have that pedigree to win at the top of the game. Like Australia were the number one women's side for a while and he was solely down to that with obviously the players, but he's, he's shaped that. Um, yeah, I mean, realistically, it's, it, you could almost say he's jumping from the best women's white ball team to the best men's white ball team. So he knows how to coach a winning team, clearly. So yeah. if he can come in, as long as as long as him and Morgan can see eye to eye, which I'm not saying, like I don't, I'm not saying they wouldn't, but as long as if you can get a good chemistry between the coach and Morgan, I think you're gonna have a good it's, few it's, successful it's, years. On paper, it's a completely different job to the the, the Red Bull. Red Bull side and the Test side, because obviously the White Bull side is 
uh, arguably the best side in the world. Albeit we didn't, we we got knocked out in the semis in the T Twenty World Cup last year, but we had six first team injuries, uh, and we're still reigning World Cup champions. So he's coming into this side, and the the, the main issue he's probably got to be focusing on now is the fact that Owen Morgan's at the latter stages of his career. Owen Morgan is on his way out. So his role is transitioning. He's got to stop, basically, what happened with the test ball side happening with the white ball side. I mean, I've kind of been been thinking it for, for a while, but surely now Owen Morgan is more of a coach slash managerial role than he is as as a player. I mean... He's been batting himself further and further down the order. Uh, is I don't want to say he's not contributing because obviously his tactical side of the game is kind of unparalleled. He's done done new things and taken the team to new places. Um, but I think the key is to keep him around the setup because I think he is the thing that's that's held everything together. Uh, they've got gotten a reputation for being particularly attacking. But actually, I think it's just at every stage they make the right decisions because there have been games in World Cups where there haven't been many runs on the board and they've been able to defend that through the fielding and bowling choices that he's made. And actually, when we've lost some early wickets or it has been slow going, they've ground it out and ended up scoring some runs in the last five overs, which really make a difference. So I think saying that they just have gone ultra-attacking is is a bit unfair on the white ball side, to be fair. Yeah, definitely. It's it's what is easy to say because you can that's what you see, but it's definitely more instead of being ultra-attacking, it's more of a positive attitude towards cricket, which I've yeah. heard uh, uh, Morgan chat about numerous times. And obviously he took the inspiration from Brendan McCullen, who is now the test coach. So in a way, it all kind of comes full circle. <laughs> um but no, yeah, on that note, I feel like we can wrap things up, gents. Uh, it's been a pleasure having a little waffle with you guys. Um, I know you guys have got some cricket coming up, so good luck with that in your, in your village and your Sunday leagues. Nothing too serious, but yeah, uh, thanks for having a chat, boys. Yeah, we'll have to yeah, get you out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And um, we'll be back again soon. We've got some very exciting guests coming up for us the series. Um, so yeah, stay watching out for that.